Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rose preview show. Well, this time I've been obviously joined by Matt Joy and it's not quite so upbeat, is it, Matt? No, I mean, it's if, you, if we'd have recorded this podcast on Monday, it certainly would have been. But after Wednesday night, yeah, it brought back to earth a little bit. Um, it wasn't the best display. It wasn't the best evening all round with the obviously the injury concerns late in the game. It wasn't the best performance. I thought the, the side looked quite flat, quite fatigued, uh, which I'm sure we'll go on to. Uh, I think it was a case of just a few a few matches too many catching up on a few tired legs and uh, and were obviously punished by a, a good Birmingham team. I thought they played really, really well. Two excellent goals. You can't really argue with either of them. Uh, but no, it was one of those where it was just, you never thought it was going to be Reading's night. No, it felt like that from the first few moments for me, the way they were passing so slowly around at the back. It's not really the way that we've been playing. And... After the match, Panovic said that we lacked a bit of humility. Was that maybe a factor as well? And kind of maybe not taking the opponents as seriously as maybe we could have? I th- there, there, perhaps a touch of that. I mean, the, the players were quite did, did appear quite lethargic and, and quite, yeah, as you said, just, just off, the, off the pace a little bit. I, I'm not sure whether I would put that down to taking an opponent lightly I would yeah. more than likely put that or I would personally put that down to the fact that a lot of them were probably shattered yeah. um, <laughs> you know play, plain and simple I think uh, that being said Birmingham only made one change and they obviously played on the weekend as well but yeah it, it was what I thought was quite interesting from Paranic he uh, said after the game he, he spoke about once once the goals had gone in it was how slow some of the players were to react to it and the sort of the immediate response wasn't okay. You know that's gone. We we continue. We you know keep keep keeping the positive mindset. It was quite yeah as I said flat and quite. It it looked like the heads dropped. It was it was kind of like the, the your, your sort of Sunday league cliche of, <laughs> of yeah when when your heads drop after a couple of goals and you think this is going to be a long afternoon it, it or or an evening in this case it, it, yeah it was just a bit. It was disappointing to see because after such a expressive and, and confident and commanding display on the weekend, it was really quite, quite a bit of a polar opposite. It was they look, a lot of the players looked like they were lacking confidence for some reason, um, and yeah, it was it was a, a strange night. But full credit to Birmingham, I thought they were they were very very good, especially in that first half. Yes, they, I think they kind of like put a lot of focus into that first half and get they kind of like took the energy of our team. I don't think we were quite ready for that level because that's mm. one of the most impressive displays I've seen against us in that 45 minutes this season with mm. the press, the formation. We, we yeah. were going nowhere in the attacking sense in that first half, were we? No, and credit to Ito Karanko. I think he, he got his tactics absolutely spot on. Um, I saw a few responses from sort of some of the Birmingham journalists and, and, and supporters. They were all saying, you know, that is the best half of football. That first half is the best half of the all season. But it's strange because I would say that the second half against Bristol City was by far and away the best half of football from Reading this season. So you go from that to having to face that within, you know, in the sort of between the halves uh, in between the two games. But no, they, they were very good and the, the worries obviously now is, is the injury concerns 
which I'm sure we'll move on to. Um, and Reading starting to look again a little bit threadbare in certain positions and what they, the implications that will be because the games are carrying on coming thick and fast and you can't really afford to lose too many of your starters. I think we've been quite lucky given up until Wednesday, given how much football a lot of the players have played that we haven't seen injuries before that. And I think Panovic again after the game, I wouldn't say he regretted his decision. I think he was he was happy with the side he put out, but I think in hindsight he probably he sort of accepted that he, you know it's it's a balancing act between uh, between obviously getting the result and keeping the squad fit. But he said that all the players in their meetings they were raring to go. They felt better. He said than before the Bristol City game. So you can't blame him if, if that's what the reports are and there's no injury concerns. Obviously Mate's injury was a freak accident you know nasty collision can't really be avoided Lucas late on still waiting to see how bad that is but yeah it was that, that's probably the, the bigger area of concern for me than, than the performance from Wednesday night because I thought in the second half we're okay we're okay um, but it was just a, a and even in the first half I didn't think we were terrible I just think that Birmingham had sussed us out so it wasn't necessarily a concern, the performance. It's just the implications of that of that result. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was too concerning for the fact that we did come back in the second half and we were very, very close to creating a comeback there. If we hadn't had that comeback, I'd be thinking, oh, there's a few alarm bells going off there. But the rotation oh, yeah, I mean, of... Yeah, yeah. Luke, if Lucas Zhao steps up and scores that penalty, mm. then the game's completely different and Reading could well have gone on to win it or, you know, at least... I think if, if Zhao had have scored that penalty, we certainly wouldn't be say, talking about a defeat, whether Reading, obviously, up against 10 men. As we did discuss just prior to the podcast, I'm not entirely sure that that was a penalty. I think that Mate was perhaps looking for it a little bit, and I would feel a little bit aggrieved if I was a, a Birmingham City supporter, but obviously it didn't have a, a huge effect on them um, in the grand scheme of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is football is like that. You know, if, if Lucas Zhao steps up and... The keeper dives the other way. We're all talking about an emphatic penalty that's drilled home by a very, very confident striker. But because the keeper gets the right way, it was, it was, you know, it's oh well, is that it now? You know, is that the end of the run? I wouldn't say so at all. Luke Shell didn't have his best game, but how- he had a very mixed game, didn't he? In the first half, everything was bouncing off him, mm. but then in the second half, <laughs> you have the situation he plays a key pass for the first goal. Mm. Then he also plays the flick that sets Mate away. So you would think in his head, he's feeling very confident at that point because it's starting to click together for him. But yeah, I mean, I would have said didn't he didn't look light right when he stepped up. Maybe it's just with hindsight, but it just felt, I didn't feel confident. No, uh, but I think you've hit the nail on the head. It is, it is with hindsight, you can analyse every. Mm. If, if a player's sort of jogging up quite slowly and scores it, you'll say, oh, you know, that was never in doubt. He was so you know, supremely confident, but if he misses it, it was, oh, was he a bit hesitant there? So mm. it's, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't blame Lucas Schell for, oh, no. for the result at all, because no, the no. amount of points that he's arguably won, not single-handedly, but had a had a big impact. Without Lucas Schell, we'd be nowhere near where we obviously are in the, in the table. So he's had a fantastic season had a bit of an off day and unfortunately because of the penalty miss that was sort of highlighted a little bit more but um it's a, it's a 46 game season and you're not going to be spot on for 46 games you know you are going to have days when things don't quite go your way and that was that was one of those for, for Zhao on, on Wednesday 
Yeah, the biggest worry is that Zhao and Meite could be missing out for a period of time. We're not quite sure how long, but between them, they've contributed 63% of our goals this season. Yeah, wow. and... That's a huge chunk, isn't it, Mac? Well, not only that, I think what they contribute to the whole team, aside from their goals, I mean, that, there's no one, really, I would argue, that can play the Lucas role to, uh, Lucas Zhao role in the squad at all. Um, Yaki Mate, as we've discussed many times, offers something a lot different than a, than you know the, the squad, the players within the squad. It would be a massive concern for me if those two are out for a, a, sort of any length of time. Poundovic was, yeah, we we spoke to him probably about half an hour after the final whistle, and obviously that's far too early to to tell what what has happened, uh, and you know doctors and, and just the club medical staff will need to take a look. Um, I think the Mate one's a little bit more concerning because um, it was it was not only the the initial contact but also how he fell and there was concerns about that he may have a concussion and and yeah there, there is a, a, a definite um, I think that's the one that I would be more concerned about obviously I'm no doctor and I I don't know any more than I knew on on Wednesday night and I'm not I think just just by maybe the tone of voice that seemed to be the worst one Lucas Yao. Obviously, was was holding his leg. That that could be, you know, it could be anything from cramp to heaven forbid something a lot worse. We don't, we just don't know yet. Um, but I think just looking at who Reading have got coming up and the amount of games the Reading have got coming up before the end of the calendar year, you you certainly wouldn't want both those missing for the whole festive period. No, no, definitely not. And the big breaking news there, Matt is not a doctor. So do no, not contact him. Do please. not contact him with your health issues. Uh, I'm not many things, and a doctor is definitely one of them. <laughs> no, so we got QPR coming up tomorrow. That is, it's one of those games, if we had the first team, and I was going to be certain of that, I'd be confident, definitely, mm. with the position of the two teams in the league. But I don't feel as confident if we're going into that game with probably Sam Baldock up front and Aluko on the right-hand side. Um, that affects my mood, Matt. I, I can't lie about that. Yeah, I, I thought Sonny Aluko came on on um, Wednesday night. I thought he had a decent game. Mm. I, I don't actually... Th- yeah, Aluko's... His end product has been probably what's let him down when he has come on, on off the bench. But I think he has been making the right sort of movements. He, he's, he's willing to take on his man. He doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't look like he's bereft of confidence. Yeah. It just, yeah, with with Bull and with Bulldog as well. There's never any shortage of application from Sam Bulldog. There's never any shortage of you know willingness to to work for the team. But it's it's just not happened for him this season and and for sort of a lot of the last season. To, in fairness, but when you are limited to 15 minute cameos off the bench, you're not gonna have the chance to to show your full capabilities i i agree that i, I would be a lot more confident if we had lucas Zhao and yaki Mate in the side but i think it would be a, a, a touch harsh on both of those players just to sort of immediately um you know chalk it off and say well you know they're not gonna have an impact because they've not really had much of an opportunity this season under Paunovic. obviously we have seen them before uh under recent managers but bulldog especially we've not really seen him under Paunovic's management. I mean, we've seen Aluka a few times. Uh, obviously got the goal against Bournemouth. He's had some decent games. He's had some games where, yeah, okay, they were 
probably not the best performances, but things you never really know in football. I, I certainly wouldn't wish to, uh, like I said, wouldn't wish to rule out the impact that they may have. But it, it would be, I agree that I would perhaps be less confident if, if, if those who are indeed starting. Yeah, it's not a reflection on their application or professionalism in any way. It's just the fact they're not as good as the people that are in the team ahead of them. That's the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, if they were, or if they were better, they would be the one starting. Yeah, it's exactly. just common, you know, common sense dictates that. But yeah, I think it, I've seen a bit of you know, sort of resignation from a few Reading fans on on social media saying you know, it would be a disaster if those just. I, I think that's a little bit harsh on both of them. I think. I mean, I think Lucas Jail missing out is the massive yeah, one, though, Matt. That is, I mean, massive, I, I, yeah, that leaves a, a, a game changer. Even under Mark Bowen, we saw how much of an impact he had when yeah. he was fit. We were a different team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe one thing I, I was sort of thinking is perhaps we might see Estevez um, playing a, in a bit more of an advanced position yeah, on the right. Possible. He's done um, it this season already, he's, hasn't he? And I think he, yeah. he does look at. I, I've probably been more impressed with him when he is further forward. I think his, I've been a little bit disappointed with his kind of focus and some of the decision-making key moments. You know, it, it has cost us a few goals. I'm thinking of a goal against Bournemouth. Uh, one of the ones at home to, I believe it was Preston. It was a poor header. Or was it Stoke? It was Stoke. One of the two. Yeah, Stoke. Yeah. Uh, sort of a, a bizarre header back across the face goal. I think if you maybe play him in a bit more of an advanced role, he, he's very, looks very skillful on the ball. Mm. Um, I thought he came on when he came on on uh, Wednesday. He was putting some decent deliveries into the area, yeah. so maybe that might be the way Panovic goes, and we might not actually see Aluko from the start. Um, that would be interesting, certainly, to see that. But yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Mark Bowen and, and Luca Shaw going back to that. I, yeah, he is probably Reading's most important player. I think, as as I said earlier in the pod, there's not anyone who can really do the role that he does um so it would be a, a big big loss if he's out for any length of time but at this point we, we don't know yeah well hopefully he isn't hopefully yeah exactly he's celebrating this... on saturday he's just kind of got a bit of cramp and he scored a hat trick game done that's <laughs> that's a, that, exactly that's a that's the positivity we, we like to hear so, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Estevez could be in there. I mean, he played in the lovely pass for Jal right at the end of the free kick. So yeah, yeah, it was a it was a lovely little routine. I I, yeah. I think no one was expecting. I certainly wasn't. I was midway through doing my commentary, and I said, you know, forward go Liam Moore and, and Michael Morrison, and I looked, oh no, maybe not. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, but yeah, it was a, a smart little routine. Unfortunately, Jal couldn't finish it off. But yeah, we might we might see that. I think there's a few the, the younger lads who might. Take a claim for, uh, for you know, for, I wouldn't maybe someone like Dejan Tetek. I thought he was uh, very good in the cup game earlier this season. He looked impressive. Maybe you know, put him in and maybe shift Belise out wide or Ajaria out wide and, and you know, play him in a more central role. There, there are options. Um, should both of those two be out, uh, it would definitely be interesting to see which of those Panovic takes. I, I would like to. That's the one thing I would like to see maybe a bit more from Panovic is a bit more um, rotation, perhaps not before the games, but earlier in the games. I think yeah. it's a little bit slow on the substitutes sometimes and yeah. some of the substitutes. The substitute situation on Wednesday was an interesting one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, 
obviously we have done the three they mm. had the three stoppages so you couldn't bring anyone on late on but yeah it, that's the only area of not concern but sometimes i do sit there and scratch my head and think i'm not sure I'd have done that personally, but then again, he's the one who's getting paid for it and Reading is sitting fifth in the league. So if I was, if I'm sure if I was being paid, we wouldn't be sitting fifth in the league. So I, I wouldn't want to. That would be top, Matt. Have belief in yourself. Have belief. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure my, what my managerial style would be. But, um, yeah. I think um, uh, it is a good news for everyone listening that neither of us have anything to do with Reading Football Club. But... Or, or the medical profession. <laughs> yeah, it's prediction for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to still say optimistic and go for a 2-1. What are you saying, Matt? I think uh, looking at QPR's results this year, yeah, they've not been they've not been on it. And they, they've had a, a sort of tough run of form. I think they're winless in the last four. Mm. But I think I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a, a draw. I think just the... the I think mm. the fatigue, as I said, is, is starting to show a little bit. I think that perhaps might have seen a bit of a confidence knock on, on Wednesday night. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for a conservative one all draw, but I'm happy to be proved wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe Sam Baldock will come off the bench or score from the start like he did last season in a two all yeah. draw there we had. So you never know. Maybe we'll all be singing about Sam Baldock on Saturday night. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for My joining. pleasure. Right then, now it's time for our view from the opposition. And I've been joined by Sam Taylor, a QPR fan. Um, now, obviously, at Reading FC, we always call you the fakes. But <laughs> what is your immediate response to that? And how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm a bit confused by our rivalry, if it's based on the exactly. kick or I, I don't know. <laughs> The Sky like to build it up as a rivalry. They seem to be obsessed with us, don't they? Every That's year, crazy. it's the blue and white hoop derby. I don't really understand if there's any other relation other than <laughs> we have similar kids. <laughs> and both sets of fans just think, there is no rivalry. It's, it's <laughs> you don't care about us. <laughs> we don't care about you. It's very strange. Yeah. But for Sky, it kind of works because we're kind of near to each other. Yeah. So... You're 18th in the league with 17 points. Is this the kind of start to this season you expected or are you a little bit disappointed? It's hard to say because we've actually put in some really good performances. Um, we started off on such a high note, we beat Forest and kept a clean sheet. There's these mad statistics about us keeping clean sheets. We just don't do it. But um, it's it's been a, recently it's been incredibly disappointing because we've been playing really well and not capitalizing or finishing we've had lots of chances and not scored any and then lost which has been incredibly frustrating we have a lot of quality in the side it's just it's a very small squad as well and it's been incredibly difficult to find a balance of what team works in which way uh, what style of play and it, it's not quite fallen into place um it's it's been it's been very up and down very classic championship hard to say yeah, when I'm talking to you on the back of a 2-1 home defeat to Birmingham City, I know exactly what that's like. You can't predict it. It's really hard to know what's going to happen next. But one of the signings that you did make during the summer was obviously an ex-Reading Academy player, Rob Dickey. How has he done for you? Rob Dickey has been a, a much-needed addition, if anything. I, he's shown so much quality at times. 
Um, he's also made a few errors. He's clearly not quite at the level I think he will reach. But that's what we're good at. We're good at taking uh, diamonds in the roughs and, you know, sharpening them up. And he's, he's really showed his quality at times. And I think it was an excellent signing, especially how highly rated he was. I'm really happy we were the ones who got a hold of him. And I think he's been a great addition to the squad. Yeah, I was just looking at some stats and he's second for your aerial battles for winning them in the house. Not a surprise. After watching just a little bit of Rob Dickey, it's yeah. no surprise at all. But it will be interesting to see how he adapts to the championship because a lot of Redden fans, as you get with academy players when they leave, they want to bring them back. It's just a kind of a natural thing that fans have. Yeah. So how have you been playing? What kind of tactical formation have you been using? And are you happy with your manager as it's developing? So we, we classically this season have played a 4-2-3-1. So we, we try to stay quite secure and compact. And Warburton is known for his passing possession-based football. So when, when we play against you, you'll see a lot of us passing backwards if we have to. He likes to be in charge of the game. And it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's quite uh, constructed and composed the way we play. Um, we do some excellent combinations at time if we have the right players in the right positions on their day. But it's, it's incredibly reliant on the players who are playing it. Our centre-backs will often either play it short out to the wings or they'll do their diagonals over the top. But it's, it's very much just um, trying to keep a hold on the game, trying to be the ones in charge. Um, the problem with that is that... Um, Warburton at times tries to play a certain way that is slightly above the quality of the players we have. <laughs> so we have fallen time and time again to individual errors. And if you watch any clips of any of our games from the last two seasons, you'll see some beautiful goals and then some absolutely god-awful errors losing us games. But... Um, Warburton is very, very stubborn in the way he plays and he's very confident in his um, game plan. He has had a lot of stick in the last few weeks because we've had some really poor results. Um, we lost 2-0 to Huddersfield and it was one of the worst evenings of my life. <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration, but it, it was not fun. But... Um, it, 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 it's very, it's very, it's very up and down. It's, it really does work sometimes. And it, you can see we put in some really good performances. We lost to Brentford the other week, 2-1. But we actually, I thought, were fantastic. I wrote an article about it. We, we, the game was in our hands completely. And like I mentioned, it's those individual errors which cost us two goals. And it's so frustrating because... The phrase I like to use, which I said uh, last week when I was talking to a Huddersfield fan on their podcast, was that we're very nearly very good. So we're, so we're one step away from competing at the top, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's what was costing us in the periods throughout the whole of last season and in some of this season, even though we're in a fairly good position, individual errors. You just cannot account for them. Yeah. You can play as well as the team can be magnificent and then it just costs you so much. And conceding that first goal in the championship seems to be absolutely massive this season. Absolutely. Yeah. So you picked up your first point in four matches against Millwall during the week. Obviously, there was a lot of other stuff going on during that game. We're taking the knee and everything, all those situations. But there must have been relief to get a point on the board after a pretty ropey run there. I think you, 
I, I, I was relieved because four losses in a row is worrying for any team, um, despite the situation. And it steadies the ship a bit, which I think Warburton likes to focus on. And there were claims that he was just trying to get a point and he couldn't afford to lose. He took our two most creative players off at a crucial time with 15 minutes to go. And we essentially just played for the draw. And I think the club is just holding its breath now, trying to create some sort of run because in the championship, uh, a bad run of form can put you at the bottom and a good run of form can put you at the top. So they just don't want to slip. And the board backs our manager and backs the team and backs what we're doing at the moment. So they, I, I'm, I'm sure they're looking for stability rather than... Um, I don't know. I think they. Just, I, I was happy with the point, and I think the club will probably be really happy that we're not on a four-loss streak. To be honest. Yeah, totally. I mean, we kind of we got our season slightly back on track with a one-all at Millwall as well. So it's never an easy place to go. And I'll tick off that cliche there, but it's a kind of. It really isn't. Even with not many fans there at all, it's not easy at all. So to pick it up, I kind of. What would you say is the major weakness in your team? And what would you say is the biggest threat that we should be watching out for? Our biggest weakness is our consistency and our defensive line. We have stabilised our defence with Rob Dickey especially, but we are incredibly open. We are so easy to counter-attack, it's ridiculous. Um, putting balls into the box, we just can't really defend. And our big, big, big thing, set pieces, is just atrocious look at any statistic about our set piece concession it's 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 sh it's just it's disgusting <laughs> every every free kick every corner we're all standing there waiting for the announcer to announce whoever just scored against us because it's it's really worrying um our biggest threat um our wingers i think are exceptional especially bright or samuel who's uh plays down the right he He's got this. He's he's not that tall. He's really fast, and his big thing is that he's incredibly strong and really powerful. He's a bit like a reduced version of Adama Traore, much reduced version of Adama Traore. <laughs> he's, he's he's just very nippy, and he's got this massive upper body, and he holds the ball really well. And then he'll sprint and be tricky down the right as well. And and recently, um, our central attacking midfielder. Ilias Chair has been on great form. He's very skillful. And they, the young players in our team have a very good connection with each other. Um, and they're, they're very aware of where they are. And if we have the game in our hands, we will create chances. It's just about who's on their day. So I think it's, it, it, it really is just whatever happens on the day. But we have a number of um, threats and unfortunately an equal amount of weaknesses <laughs> this is good to hear as a reading fan i've got to say <laughs> some of that i didn't enjoy the other bits about the positives but it's kind of <laughs> on the set pieces we've got the second highest amount of goals so uh, we've got seven oh, so on. i'm sure that's geared <laughs> you up as well sam <laughs> <laughs> no we'll see how it goes but it's a kind of i don't know it's a game that sky absolutely love to show. I'm amazed it hasn't been picked for the game. I mean, they could still announce it. They just absolutely adore it. I've no idea why they're so obsessed with it. But looking over the last few years, what would you say is a game that stood out between us two, us two teams? 
Well, the game that comes to mind was, I think it was last October we played you and you beat us 1-0 in the Boxing Day period, I think. And uh, we, it was incredibly even. For 90 minutes, it was back and forth, back and forth. Our playing styles clashed massively. It seemed as if we were sort of pegged to play against each other. We were cancelling each other out. And it, I was just, I think a draw would have been a, a really, really... Um, uh, fair result, but um, Swift, a Swift goal was brilliant. He scored from about 25 yards or something, put it in the top corner, nothing we could do, but um, I just remember that every time we play Reading, it seems to be quite an even matchup. Um, this season, we'll see, because of the, I know you had a great start to the season, and you've got an immense amount of quality within your ranks, as do we, but we are, of course, a bit troublesome at the moment. But it's a big game for us coming up, so hopefully we can channel the strength that we've showed in recent fixtures against you and, and potentially, you know, have that moment in the game, have that 25-yarder that can tip it in our direction. But uh, I'm expecting something along the likes of what we've seen in recent matches. Yeah, well, I might have good news through that. Lucas Jow and Mate might both be missing for us in the game on Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I can see the disappointment on your face there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, they might both be missing. So that would balance it out amazingly, uh, sadly for us. But one player that is definitely a very controversial figure, really mixes it up with the Redden fans, is Jamie Mackey. Now, obviously, he's a very popular player with the QPR fans. He didn't help himself when he went back to QPR recently and said, it's nice to have the proper hoops on. The ones at Reading, <laughs> it's obviously a complete wind-up, but didn't feel quite right. What are your thoughts on Jamie Mackey, though, Sam? Um... He's one of my all-time favorite QPR players. Yeah. I, I love him so much. He's just <laughs> such good news for us. Um, he, he does all these little snippets for our social media page. And I remember he did this tour diary when we were in our preseason. And he's just generally hilarious. He was never that technically gifted, but he was one of those players who would just go out, run his legs off, he would just charge at everyone with the with just a ma this passion that was just unmatched, and he really enjoyed playing for us. And as a fan, I think I must have been thirteen or fourteen when he was at his best for us, and it was just magnificent. And I I remember I met him outside the stadium once, and he was he was just so nice and kind. And nowadays, football is a lot of them will hide behind their generic Twitter posts where they're like, great game, good result, thanks to the fans. Jamie Mackey seems to go the extra mile with us. And he just, he's, 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 a, smiley, he's a smiley guy and, he, and he's really good news, like I said. Um, he's truly a club icon of the recent uh, years. Yeah, I remember his video during lockdown when he's dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Mackey is so funny. I love him. Yeah. Well, so how do you think it's going to go on Saturday then, uh, Sam? You're going to go for a home win, possibly? Um, I, I think so, personally. I think we've had such bad form and I don't think we can go into this extra busy period over the next few weeks without a win in five, which it will be if we don't win. I think Mark Walton would have gone back after Millwall and said do that but better and 
I think he'll be making sure that um, the, the, the lineup he feels, whoever's going to start and play or come off the bench, they know that it's more than just winning this game than winning that game. You really, really have to start to build a run of form now. You need to start to build a blocks, um, blocks of success so that you go in throughout the season and find some consistency because our problem is we just are so inconsistent. And to finish anywhere higher than mid-table in the championship, you have to be consistent. If you lose, you have to win too. If you draw, you then need to keep, you know, win. <laughs> but it's just a matter of, um, I'm sure the quality might be a bit tipped in your direction this season, but again, it's the championship and nothing really goes as planned. I, I reckon we'll go out and put up a good fight and I hope, I think we could probably come out with a win if, if, we, if we do what we did against Millwall, do what we did against Brentford, but take our chances um, and defend well, of course. So that's, that's, that's how I see it going. What scoreline are you going for then, Sam? Well, we're not going to keep a clean sheet. So <laughs> I'd say I'd, I'd go for a hopeful 2-1. Two, two okay. Well, you are unbeaten at home against us for the last five matches. So you do have a bit of form. I think it's time that was broken, though. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say it's really hard with those injuries. Part of me would definitely take a draw, but if those, one of those players is fit, I'd go for a win. So rather than sitting on the fence, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Reading. Why wouldn't I? You know, it's kind of <laughs> obvious, isn't it? So thanks a lot for joining us, Sam. I uh, really appreciate it. We'll be back with the podcast after the match on full time on Saturday. Cheers.